prepare to turn right. episode number five thank you for listening what a crazy 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 week this has been so i'm a little bit later with the episode it's been a little over a week since the last one because i've definitely had some research to do for this episode um it's really been crazy and there's so many topics that i really would love to talk about and maybe i will in a future episode because so much happened in the past like week and a half, you know, we had the IRS is going to add 87,000 new agents, further expanding the federal government's outreach and overreach, really. We had reports of a children's hospital performing hysterectomies as gender-affirming care, whatever even that means. Um, it's terrible, and there's so many topics that I'd love to talk about. I could talk about those for hours. But we have a bit of an elephant in the room. Um, I'm sure you all heard Trump's home, Mar-a-Lago, was raided by the FBI like a week ago, exactly a week, um, Monday. Absolutely insane. So what I decided that we have to do instead, as important as these other topics are, what we really have to just take an episode and fully dive into before we can kind of, you know, get into any other story in any future episodes, is we really just have to dive into this whole thing really really just go into it and all the different angles and all the details so that's what I've been researching and that's what I want to talk about so we got to start from the beginning so Monday evening we're all going about our lives and then boom Trump puts out a statement and the entire world goes insane so I got to read the statement of course I'm going to read it in its entirety because I think it's really what started this whole thing here we go statement by because he puts out statements now because he's on truth social but obviously he's not on twitter so we get these statements they're usually so funny and iconic but here we have okay these are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach Florida is currently under siege raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before after working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate it is prosecutorial misconduct the weaponization of the justice system and an attack by the radical left democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024 especially based on recent polls and who will likewise do anything to stop republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections such an assault could only take place in broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before. They even broke into my safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th President of the United States. The political persecution of President Donald J. Trump has been going on for years, with what with the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia scam, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and so much more. It just never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. 
Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable. She even took antique furniture and other items from the White House. I stood up to America's bureaucratic corruption. I restored power to the people and truly delivered for our country like we have never seen before. The establishment hated it. Now as they watch my endorsed candidates win big victories and see my dominance in all polls, they are trying to stop me in the Republican Party once more. The lawlessness, political persecution, and witch hunt must be exposed and stopped. I'll continue to fight for the great American people. So that sent shockwaves through the internet for so many reasons. I mean, nothing, he's right in that he says, nothing like this has ever happened before. It's really unprecedented in a quite literal sense that it has never happened before. We have never seen the FBI raid a former president. It's never happened. And absolutely wild. So we have the immediate, I'm kind of going to go a little bit chronologically if I can as much as possible in explaining because I want to, I want to get into everything. We're going to un- unfold all of this very very in in much detail so the, we got to talk about the immediate response to this that the fbi has raided trump so what is their response when he puts out this statement so we have the right the right wing putting out every i mean everybody people who haven't tweeted ever are talking about this it was absolutely insane we have abolished the fbi we have it's a third world banana republic this is politicized and those are all extremely, extremely valid points. And again, I'm going to get into exactly all the details and the information that came out afterward. But just as an immediate response, you can imagine people were incredibly frustrated because what it seems like on its face and what Trump says in, it, in his statement is a politicized attempt to get something on Trump to prevent him from, I guess, having credibility from running in 2024. Because at this point, it's fairly obvious that he is going to announce his run probably very soon and maybe even sooner because of this but this is on its face according to the right seemed like automatically this is politicized right and of course we they have valid reasons to think that because trump has been attacked time and time and time again and it's come to nothing we're gonna we're gonna talk about all these things later but russia gate i mean it was a hoax like it was a hoax flat on its face so seeing this happen again seeing the fbi and this is going to be a big bombshell this is going to be the one that takes trump down people of course are going to think it's politicized so that was a completely logical response also the fact that the fbi has this kind of power and this kind of reach that they're able to do things like this right where obviously we haven't seen the affidavit affidavit we don't know what they supposedly have on Trump. We're going to get into the warrant soon, but on its face, it really, it seems there would have to be a lot, a lot of evidence to make this justified. And frankly, I don't think it is. So that was kind of the response from the right. You, It was, it was very wild. Um, and the response on the left was even some people on the left, and this is, it, it's so unprecedented and so scary that the government has this power. It really does seem like a banana republic, in the sense that it's this current administration raiding a former, because they are the head of the federal government and the FBI is part is part of the federal government. It's kind of like using the FBI as this branch to attack 
an opponent who likely will be an opponent in 2024 and who is the leader of the opposite party. So it really does seem like a banana republic and it's really just stuff that happens in third world countries. So that was a justified response. Even some people on the left were like, if there is not something monumental here, then it's a disaster for Democrats. I don't know if they thought this would be a win. I don't know if they thought that this would work out well for them. People would be like, oh, Trump, goodbye. I supported you for the past six years through all the hoaxes, all the dirt that was supposedly let out on you that all ended up being false, all that. I supported you and this is it, I'm done. I don't know if they thought that was, well, I can't talk. I don't know if they thought that's what was going to happen. It did not because we have even people on the left saying that, you guys, this is a mistake because if there's not something monumental like, Trump killed someone or something, then this is going to look terrible on the government and it is going to look terrible and it's going to absolutely destroy Democrats even further in the polls. So we have even Andrew Cuomo, (laughs) Andrew Cuomo himself tweeting, DOJ must immediately explain the reason for its raid and it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any further credible investigation and legitimacy of January 6th investigations. We're going to get into the January 6th stuff later. How people are saying this is really just a dig for January 6th information to try to connect Trump somehow, when clearly they have nothing substantial on him, so they have to really go fishing. But um, when you have Andrew Cuomo, (laughs) serial indirect killer of the elderly and sexual harasser on the side of the people saying that you know maybe this was a step too far and they better have something big then you know you screwed up then the fbi really this is really overreach when you've got people on the left saying who will never give trump any credit for anything saying that they better have something big here or this is done there's no legitimacy to our government anymore and it really just has turned into a banana republic so but of course you have the official party you want you know because you have your people andrew cuomo has nothing to lose okay (laughs) he's got nothing to lose but you have to have this official you know hating trump base right so the official left response you know anyone who wants to maintain any legitimacy in the mainstream left you've got you know your tulsi gabbards saying things like what the right is saying that this is overreach and absolutely unacceptable and all that but the official response of the left you know your official left spokespeople who are just these arbiters of the truth or whatever are saying that you know no one is above the law that's their big line which is funny because (laughs) their side seems to be above the law we're gonna get into hillary clinton when i say we are going into everything we are going into everything but their response has been no one's above the law trump is finally being held accountable this is it for him first of all it's always been this is it the walls are always closing in everything is always worse than watergate when nothing ever ends up being that way um but that has been their official response you know um that this no one is above the law and that was kind of the immediate that was right when everything came out that was what was was happening so then we we start to get a little bit more information we're still missing tons of information but the reports that were coming out were saying that this has to do with something the reason that trump was raided this has to do with something called the presidential records act now the presidential records act i'm going to read one section from it 
that is about the section about ownership of presidential records. So it says the United States shall reserve and retain complete ownership, possession and control of presidential records. So essentially what that means is that when the president leaves office, his official records, some there are some exceptions to this, but the official records go to the National Archives. They are the possession of the federal government and the president can't just take anything he wants or... Um, or maintain ownership, right? That it belongs to the federal government and they have the right to that, to those documents. So that was the kind of th reports that were coming out. But the issue with the Presidential Records Act, it was made during Nixon's presidency. There's a lot of, you know, issues with him. But the issue with it is that there's no enforcement method, right? There's no, this is what it takes to break this, this act, this law, and this is what the the consequences are that's not really how this works it's kind of just like this idea more than like a an, an easy thing to prosecute on its basis but the way that you can kind of be prosecuted for this and this is what people were assuming was the case with trump again we got the warrant which i'm going to get into later because i'm trying to go in chronological order but pe people were saying is the ways you can kind of be charged and this has happened in the past the ways you can kind of be charged on the basis of the presidential records act is if we're saying that, okay, this act says that it's government property, right, that these documents, X, Y, Z, belong to the government, then if something, if you were to then do something with those documents that it is illegal to do to government documents, then you could be charged on that basis. So, for example, you can't cause injury or improperly dispose government records. You can't remove, retain, or retain classified information that are government documents. You can't destroy or remove government documents. So all those different things, if you, you know, according to the Presidential Records Act, we're establishing that these are government documents, then if you were to do something against the law in relationship to government documents, then you could be charged. Also obstruction of justice, because if there's these documents are related to some kind of investigation, some federal investigation, and you kind of mess with those documents, you could be charged with obstruction of justice. So that was kind of the, the rhetoric going around, was that this is something to do with this. Again, not a lot of information, but it's really what we were kind of hearing, right? So then it was kind of determined that they had gotten a bunch of documents out of Mar-a-Lago, supposedly that Trump had taken from the White House to his residence. And there was also reports that there had been some kind of disputes he had had with the National Archives about about certain documents that he had and they asked for them back and then he actually did give back like 15 boxes of documents to the National Archives in January but apparently he had more and the reports were that he, there were more that he hadn't given back and now he's being raided because of that right so there's one key flaw in all of this and that is that the president unlike any other federal agent or not agent any any other federal employee anyone else in the government he has the sole ability to declassify documents meaning he can take a document that is classified declassify it and do what he wants with it so you would think that oh there's really no issue here because you could really charge someone else with the Presidential Records Act because they don't have a right to mess with any of those documents because they don't have a right to declassify them. But Trump can do whatever he wants with them, right? Because he can declassify them. He can do whatever, literally whatever he wants. He's the only person in the government who would be allowed to do that. So the question was really, what's the real issue here? And then there was a whole debate that surfaced over how does a president declassify documents? There were some people saying, 
all he has to do is look at the document, say it's declassified, and it's declassified. Like, kind of like wave a magic wand. Like, it's just a right that he has. It's not like an official process. And there were some people saying that, no, there was an official process. You have to get the markings on those documents changed from classified to declassified. You have to go through a whole process and, and paperwork and all that. So there was kind of a question. My question is, how is there not a clear policy on this? How are we debating what the rule is? Like, this should be pretty clear. I don't know why there is a debate over this, but what um, what Trump's allies are saying is that, again, there's no process. His critics are saying that there is a process and Trump didn't follow it. They were saying that Obama did follow it and that Trump didn't. We have Cash Patel, who was Pentagon chief of staff during Trump administra- the Trump administration, um, and he says that the reason, because people were saying, oh, but the markings that the FBI found, they were marked classified. They hadn't been changed to declassified. And Cash Patel was saying, no, the markings just hadn't been changed, but that um, really everything was declassified. There was no issue here. And that Trump had personally spoken to him about it um, and said that everything was declassified. The markings hadn't been changed, but everything was, was fine. And other people were saying was that, no, no, you have to make sure the markings are changed. But again, I don't know how there can be such confusion over this. Like, there has to be a clear written policy somewhere. Maybe there isn't because it's never really been an issue because, again, like, no one really cares unless it's Trump, of course. Then it becomes an issue. Um, But there was a past tweet from Trump's that indicated that he knew the policy and people are using that to say, well, he didn't do it this time because he stole the documents and really they are classified. So it's really just a people talking over each other's heads. Are they classified? Are they declassified? What, what is the status of these documents? How do you declassify documents? Again, really just a big mess of confusion and not really getting anywhere. Um, but again, how how is there not a clear answer here? And again, like I said, I think my theory really just is that no one's ever really cared before because it's such an inconsequential, like, these are literally these could be any random presidential document with no significance that the National Archives are just going to be annoying about because they're it's Trump. Right. And you've got to get Trump with something because every single time they've tried to get Trump with something, it's come out to be a hoax. That's my theory. But anyway, um, now what's, we want to get into a different aspect of this, which is obviously you can't just walk into someone's house. The FBI has to get a search warrant. That's not something that's easy to get. So I want to get into the things that are required to obtain a federal search warrant on the federal level. So what you have to have is you have to have probable cause in the affidavit. So affidavit basically has to prove that there is probable cause that there's a crime connect there's a crime committed and that crime is connected to whatever location you're searching. Also, the location and the nature of the search with particular, I can't talk, particularity has to be stated, right? So you have to say where you're searching and how big the search is, what exactly you're searching for, which areas of the place it is you are searching, and has to be particular. You can't just be like, I'm searching this house. No, you got to state what you're looking for, where in the house you think it is. It's not simple. Um, You also specifically this had to be this warrant had to be signed off by the FBI director who's Chris Ray and it was also reviewed by senior DOJ leaders including Attorney General Merrick Garland who we're going to get into later his role in all of this but that really was kind of I guess that really was the, the process of how you obtain a search warrant but there is another step here be, not really official step but when a prominent figure's house is going to be searched, when there is a, pro- a warrant being 
trying to be obtained for a, a very famous, prominent public figure, it is taken very seriously, right? It, or if there's no corruption, which I'm not saying isn't the case here, but officially, it takes a lot for this to be granted. Like, it would take a lot. So, the, the really, the debate is, people on the right are saying, there is no way that there there's enough here. You know, this was not the right course of action. There's no way that they had enough on him. There's no way that this was reviewed by enough people. People on the left are saying, well, because he's a public figure and because it takes so much to get a warrant, it must be that they have a lot on him. And it's really just people talking over each other. And that's really all that it was. But when I immediately kind of read about these different things that are required for the search warrant, the questions that kind of came to my mind were, uh, there are some things here that I'm not really so sure. I don't, I don't really understand how this was allowed procedurally. So first, we have reports that they went through Melania's closet, which I don't know about you, but if I'm looking for classified documents and I have proof that I know where those documents are, and I know what I'm looking for. Okay, I get it. You want to search Trump's office. I don't think this warrant, I, again, I'm, I'm upset about this, and I don't think this warrant should have been granted, but even if I were to agree that it was, why are we searching Melania Trump's closet? There were memes about it that were hilarious, and yeah, a lot of jokes, but that's very weird to me. Also, there was a report that these FBI agents had asked some, like, some secu- security guys at Trump's, at Mar-a-Lago, asked them to turn off the security cameras, which is immediately sketchy, like, they have every right to see what's going on during this raid. That's not, you don't just get to force them to not know what's going on. So that's absolutely fishy as heck. Also, the the big key with a warrant is that you have to have tried everything else. I'm talking subpoenas, summonings, just asking. Any other course of action comes before a warrant. You don't raid someone's house. You aren't allowed to just raid someone's house without ever having Ask them for the information that you want. Ask or um, subpoena them. Try to get them to to come to court. Whatever you whatever you want to try to do, they must have tried a lot. And my question is, if they subpoenaed Trump or threatened some kind of legal action or whatever, and that was why he gave back those documents in January, did they try that same course of action again? And then this time Trump said no. I don't understand how that's possible. So there's so many things here that have to line up so perfectly for this to be justified that I don't see it world and where where it is. It's it's really just so scary that the government is just able to do this kind of thing. Um, but it, it's very weird. Also, there was a report that the FBI or the DOJ really knew about these documents and had asked Trump. They said, "Listen, we know you have these documents. We just want to keep, make sure you keep them safe. So put an extra lock on that door where they're in." And he did. And he complied. So if they're indicating that they, they were fine with him having these, he asked them to put an extra lock on it, he cooperated, why are we some, suddenly raiding his house? Like, what, what happened between that and, and this that made this justifiable? I don't understand that. And back to my original point, if this isn't monumental, the trust in our government, which has already been just eroding for decades and just com- eroded more and more since, like, the pandemic, really mostly. But if this isn't huge, if Trump hasn't engaged in some corruption that we have never seen before, regardless of whether or not this was justifiable on a technical level, which I don't even think it was, but even if it was, there is really no way the government gets out of this one, like, without 
huge public outcry, which we already are seeing, but the, the government has to have something huge. People are frustrated, and people are rightly frustrated. The bias in this case is seen very clearly. And again, even if officially there's nothing illegal going on here, the overreach and the complete, again, bias shown, which I'm going to get into how biased the FBI and the DOJ and Merrick Garland are. But besides for that, pe- people are going to be frustrated about all this, right? The judge, again, I'm not saying there's something wrong with this being the judge, but it's very fishy and it makes Americans very skeptical. So I want to read this excerpt from a a Newsweek article about this judge. So the judge's name is Bruce Reinhart. Reinhart. Bruce Reinhart's the one who signed the warrant, right? It's this like federal magistrate. So this quote from the article, I'm just going to read really quick. So Reinhart also spent more than 11 years as an assistant U.S. attorney, but ceased to be a federal prosecutor on January 1st, 2008. The next day, Reinhardt began working as a defense attorney for certain Epstein employees. Those employees reportedly included pilots, a scheduler named Sarah Kellen, and a woman whom some of Epstein's victims said was his sex slave, according to a 2018 report in the Miami Herald. The newspaper also reported in 2011 that Reinhardt was named in a lawsuit and accused of violating Justice Department policy representing the Epstein employees. He denied any wrongdoing and said he didn't participate in the criminal case against Epstein or learn any confidential information while working as a federal prosecutor. Very interesting. So, I'm sorry if I'm a little skeptical and if I'm a little frustrated and feel like there's a bit of a bias here when the judge literally worked as a defense attorney for some of Jeffrey Epstein's employees. Some Jeffrey Epstein, I swear, that man, even though he's dead, his name somehow gets wormed and he's involved in everything. But there's more. There is more, believe me. Not only has this judge been involved with Jeffrey Epstein's employees, he also did not like Trump. So he donated money to Obama, but he also donated money to Jeb Bush, a Republican who ran against Trump in the 2016 primary. He donated to both of those campaigns. Um, So he has tweeted, and, and not only tweeted, but he's posted online that he does not like Trump. So I'm sorry if I'm a little skeptical. I'm sorry if I'm a little frustrated and I feel this is a little biased when the judge literally has a personal dislike for Trump. So I don't know. It's just you can't blame everyone for being so frustrated and feeling like if there is not something huge here, we are really going to be mad, you know? Um, Another thing that people were saying was that this is all about January 6th, that they somehow still have this stupid trial going on for, not even a trial, this hearing for January 6th, um, somehow still going on, and they've really got nothing. (laughs) They've got a bunch of um, one-sided witnesses, and they have these supposed bombshells that all end up being false. They really got nothing, and they certainly can't connect Trump to in any meaningful way. You don't get to say because someone is expressing anger over something that doesn't mean they are inciting violence you know and that he encouraged this so they i think what people are saying i've seen people speculate is that they're using this as a front you know they're using this presidential records act as kind of this i guess fake 
um, front for this so that they can go in, they can get the search warrant, they can say these stupid documents from the um, from from the White House that Trump has that that was their cover, and then they're going to go in and hope they find some dirt on him waiting to January 6th because that's their real goal because they somehow think that Americans care about January 6th when most have moved on. I'm more concerned about the economy and inflation and the border, so that's a separate issue, but that's what people are saying, and that, again, makes us feel like this is biased, makes us feel like there's some political endgame here that is frustrating to see play out. Another reason that people feel like this is just completely biased is because Hillary Clinton had a very similar scandal and a real scandal. We don't even know what's going on with Trump, where she had government emails, government classified information on her personal email server and then deleted emails. And that somehow doesn't get her house raided by the FBI. I'm going to play a clip from that later. But how in the world is this not did that not get a, her house raided? And this did. This this with Trump. So again, I'm sorry if I think this is biased. I, I'm really sorry if I do. So this was, it's frustrated so many people. And then we have the next thing that came out about this, which is that apparently Trump had, quote, nuclear documents at his home in Mar- at Mar-a-Lago. And this is from one article with an anonymous source, so let's just take it with a grain of salt. Um, just going to add that caveat on there. But first of all, what the heck is a nuclear document? I'm sorry, do not tell me this man has the nuclear codes. Do not tell me there is just a piece of paper that someone can have that will have the nuclear codes on them. If that is the case, you've got a much bigger problem than the fact that somebody got those papers. Um, but um, what, what, what is that? Literally, what is a nuclear document? Is that like employee records? relating to nuclear weapons or is that literally again the nuclear codes what what does that even mean i don't understand um, also if trump did have something so dangerous relating to nuclear information that has to do with the public defense that if someone else got those documents then our country would be blown up um wouldn't you have tried to work a little bit harder to get those before all these months have passed since Trump with the White House, and I get it, you have to dig all these stats before you raid someone's house. But shouldn't that be, like, your number one priority? Like, if someone has nuclear codes, shouldn't that be a little bit more important? And if it wasn't that important, then this, again, makes it seem political. But right before the midterms, where Trump is probably going to announce his candidacy really soon, maybe even before the midterms, if not then, then right after, most of the Trump-endorsed candidates are winning their primaries. Trump is looking great. His base is growing. He's leading in the polls. And just now, you realize, oh, he's got the nuclear codes. Just, we go save our democracy and save this country. And you're not telling me that, that it's political? I don't know. I really don't know, man. Um, And then we had Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. The warrant was unsealed. Credit to Jack Posobiec um, with Human Events. That was the first person I saw reporting on this, getting this warrant unsealed. So that's a lot of credit to him. But what we got was the warrant, which I'm going to read some quotes from. But just before I do that, I want to just say that the real key is the affidavit. Um, that really says exactly how they got probable cause, you know, what exactly they have on him. The warrant is kind of just like the blueprint, kind of, like it's like the sneak peek. 
explaining what they are searching for. But I do want to read, um, I do want to read some parts of this warrant that was released. So we're going to go ahead and do that. So the first thing I want to read from this warrant is attachment A, which describes the property that's being searched. So this is kind of important. So we have the premises to be searched, 1100 South Ocean Boulevard, Palm Beach, Florida, 33480, is further described as a resort club and residence located near the intersection of Southern Boulevard and South Ocean Boulevard. It is described as a mansion with approximately 58 bedrooms, 33 bathrooms on a 17-acre estate. The locations to be searched include the 45 office, all storage rooms, and all other rooms or areas within the premises used or available to be used by the former president of the United States and his staff, and in which boxes or documents could be stored, including all structures or buildings on the estate. It does not include areas currently, i.e. at the time of the search, being occupied, rented, or used by third parties, such as Mar-a-Lago members, and not otherwise used or available to be used by former president of the United States and his staff, such as private guest suites. So that just kind of describes where exactly on the premises can be searched. So it's saying they're not searching anyone who's renting part of Mar-a-Lago. They're searching anything that Trump or his staff would have had access to. They would store documents in. Further raising my question of why they were searching Melania's closet. Does that qualify as part of this? I guess so, but that's very weird and a very odd place to keep documents if you ask me. Um, but we have that. Next we have is it's going to explain what they're looking for. And I'm going to get into this a lot. All physical documents and records, and this is property, just property to be seized. It's saying what they're taking. All physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruit of crime, or other items illegal, illegally possessed in violation of 18 USC 793. It lists a bunch of laws that we're going to get into, including the following. Any physical documents with classification markings, along with any containers slash boxes, including any other contents in which such documents are located, as well as any other containers slash boxes that are collectively stored or found together with aforementioned documents and containers slash boxes, information including communications in any form regarding the retrieval, storage, or transmission of national defense information or classified material, any government and or presidential records created between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021, or, it was the whole time Trump president, or um, any evidence of the knowing alteration, destruction, or concealment of any government and or presidential records, or of any documents with classified markings. And then we have the receipt for property, which lists everything that they they got. It, basically, you have to give like the person who um, the property. You have to basically tell them what you what you take what you took. So we have executive grant of clemency regarding Roger Jason Stone Jr. Um, and information regarding the president of France. We have a leather-bound box of documents, various classified TSSCI documents. I'm reading this because it's important to hear. Certain things are going to stick out. Potential presidential record. Binder of photos. They skipped the number four. Um, this is really organized on the part of the FBI. Fantastic work. Potential presidential record. Binder of photos. Another binder of photos. A handwritten note. A box labeled A1. Box labeled A12. Box labeled A15. Miscellaneous secret documents. Box labeled A16. Miscellaneous top secret documents. Box labeled A17. Box labeled A18. Miscellaneous top secret documents. Box labeled A27. Miscellaneous confidential documents. 
Oh, there's a lot here. Box, I, again, I want to read it because certain things kind of stick out immediately. Box label A28, miscellaneous secret documents. Box label A30, box label A32, box label A35, box label A23, confidential document. Box label A22, box label A24, box label A34, box label A39, miscellaneous secret documents. And this kind of, some of these are kind of like sub, like they're saying, they're describing what they are. Box label A40, box label A41, miscellaneous confidential documents. Box label A42, Miscellaneous top secret documents, box labeled A71, box labeled A73, miscellaneous top secret documents. Oh, we've got more here. Do- documents, hmm, they have the number four here. Interesting. They skipped four and then they did four later. Anyways, documents, box labeled A14, box labeled A26, box labeled A13, box labeled A13, A43, box labeled A13, box labeled A33. So we've got a bunch of just boxes few things that stuck out i'm sorry if you raided trump's house to get a binder of photos y'all really need to cool down for a minute if that because what people were saying is that this was all kind of a cover they're going in getting anything they think might get dirt on trump but using these like kind of things that technically belong to the national archives as a cover so y'all need to really chill if you went to his house and your cover was a binder of photos and a handwritten note like chill out oh my gosh um regarding all those other boxes again it could all be declassified and that could all go to nothing except except here's the real key here besides for all that they got from this property the real key was the crimes that they listed as they're looking for evidence relating to those crimes so we have the two of them are pretty standard right we've got Obstruction of justice, um, which, like I said before, like if you're saying it's government documents and has to do with some kind of criminal case, right, or civil case, whatever, civil suit, then you can be charged with obstruction of justice, which was kind of what people predicted what it would be. Also, concealment, removal, mutilation, obliteration, falsification, or destruction of public records by federal government employee. It's all pretty standard, um, again, because pretty standard because this is what we kind of expected beforehand when, when the whole presidential records act when all those rumors were flying around people expected this but the real key is that trump is being charged under suspicion of the espionage not charged but he's you know being investigated under the espionage act now espionage act specifically the part he's being investigated for is gathering transmitting or losing defense information so He's being investigated. I want to get into this for a minute. So he's being investigated under Section 793, which is what I described. You're, you you got, you collect or you transmit somewhere or you lose defense information, um, including information that the government is demanding of you. Now, here's the real key, because when you hear the word espionage, you think, oh, my gosh, he's a spy. Finally got him. He's a spy for the Russians, a spy for the Saudis, a spy for some other North Koreans. God knows what people are saying. Um, and that's it. We got him. Boom. We're done. Because when you hear the word espionage, that's what you think. Now, espionage is a little bit sounds a little bit exciting, but that's not what he's being charged with. He's being charged with Section 793, the section that has to do with, like, sending another another country stuff is section 794 which is gathering or delivering defense information to aid a foreign government so people are like oh my gosh grab a spy we got him the walls are closing in it's worse than watergate he's bought out by the russians or the saudis he's friends with putin or kim jong-un you you know you get like people always say and my my response to that is that's literally not what he's being charged with did you read the warrant and do you understand how to do you have any reading comprehension of 
tiny minuscule amount because that's literally not what he's being charged with. He's being charged with, he, this could mean he just had defense information. This could mean that he transmitted it somewhere else, not to anyone specifically. It could mean he lost it. And again, I think this is all bogus and I'll explain. Again, we're going to explain why, but I, I really, I mean, come on, like, come on, like, he's not a spy y'all need to chill out people just say things and they literally are so stupid they can't even read this enough so also with this the maximum sentence for this would even be would be 10 years um the section that has to do with actually giving this to a foreign government that you can get up to life in prison or even the death penalty people are saying trump's getting the death penalty no he's literally being charged with something with a max 10-year sentence chill out so the espionage act was passed in 1917 and it was used to kind of stop dissent of the U.S. being involved in World War World War One because they had just kind of entered the war a few months before this was passed. So it was kind of used to kind of stop dissent and try to stop people who could be aiding foreign countries and all that. Now it's mostly used against like a more, I guess, tech version of that. Like if you're sending, you're leaking information to other countries or you're removing classified documents from secure facilities and storing them somewhere else. So that's kind of like, I think that's what they're trying to go with here with Trump, but they're trying to nail him on. Probably, if they, if they even choose to indict him, there's rumors that the DOJ is looking to indict him. But, um, you know, if you, like, take defense information and you, and you uh, what's it called, secure it, you move it somewhere else, then that could technically be a violation of the Espionage Act. Um, which, again, my brain goes, isn't that literally what Hillary Clinton did? Took classified information moved it from her secure from her secure server you know the official server she should have been using the government email moved it to her personal email and her personal server and then a bunch of it got deleted and and, and some of it was deemed classified and we're i'm going to play i've got a bunch of clips i want to play later um relating to all of this but oh my gosh like it's unbelievable that people are like getting all over dramatic about trump and hillary had proven to do this and i'm going to play clips that prove that she she literally did do this and she didn't get her house raided and she was never charged with the espionage a violation of the espionage act but the real key here is that to be charged with violation of the espionage act it doesn't have to be classified information right so with like presidential records or like anything else like if, if you're doing something with classified records then you could be charged with these other things. But if it's declassified, it doesn't matter. With the Espionage Act, even if it's declassified, you could be charged. So I think what people were saying, which I agree with, that could they're trying to do here is they're saying, okay, probably it's going to come to nothing. Probably it's all going to come out that this was all declassified. It's all big, bogus charges. All these are all trumped-up charges. But if we stick in the Espionage Act, then we can maybe get him. Because then we can say, hey, it doesn't matter if it's declassified. So I really think they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here and it's all going to come to nothing just like everything with Trump has come to nothing that's my prediction um except make the public mad but I mean he's not a spy people are literally saying he's a spy people like like the spies that we've been charged with the espionage act you got people like Robert Hansen Aldrich Ames they were literally spies for the Soviets for Russia I'm sorry that is not Trump people were comparing Trump to the Rosenbergs like are you kidding me there's this there's this tweet that just made me laugh, laugh even before I read the warrant and researched the criminal charges and read articles and actually did my research on like some people apparently, but what the tweet that I do want to read is just com again comparing Trump um, to the Rosenbergs who were executed under this. Um, it's really comical, but I really do want to read this. It's just it's funny. So we have a tweet from Michael. Beschloss. 
and he is um, an MSNBC contributor. He's also a historian. Um, you'd think he'd know a thing or two about about understanding the Espionage Act. He tweeted, August 11th, Rosenbergs were convicted for giving U.S. nuclear secrets to Moscow and were executed in June 1953. And then we have Michael Hayden, a former NSA and CIA director. You would think he'd know a thing or two about the law. Responded, sounds about right. Are you kidding me? First of all, okay, besides for all that, aren't these people, aren't the leftists supposed to be anti-death penalty? I mean, like, that's what I, last time I checked, they were not the party of the death penalty. Um, But apparently with Trump, it's fine and we can celebrate that. But also, that's not even what he's being charged with. It's just frankly inaccurate. It's asinine for them to even tweet this. These people don't do their research. They just literally talk out of their mouth and don't know what they're saying. But it's literally inaccurate. He's not being charged with a section that even allows death penalty. His charge is maximum 10 years. And this is not going to come to anything. We all know that. And if it does, then it will be a severe mal, mal, malpractice and mal, maljudgment. But absolutely, absolutely insane. Oh, my gosh. Like, can you just imagine if someone tweeted that and said, essentially said that they hoped that Biden or Hillary got the death penalty? That, that, those, they'd be destroyed and ripped to shreds across the Internet. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Um... But that's, you know, that's the left. Their hypocrisy never fails to shine through. Now, after all this came out, we had, um, after all this, we had um, this new narrative that started to come out, which was very interesting for a few reasons, but the kind of the narrative that's very prevalent now is that we cannot insult the integrity of the FBI. If you are criticizing this, you are insulting the FBI, you are insulting the men and women who conduct these raids and who work for the people, you know, you get it. Um, but that's kind of been the new, that's been the new, like, kind of rhetoric that I've seen on the left. Um, so I want to read a couple tweets here. We have the, oh, the, the worst, one of the worst Republicans the definition of a rhino was Cheney. Was Cheney, who hopefully she will lose her job in two days or in one day, I guess, when this comes out. Um, if you somehow this gets all the way to Wyoming, if you are in Wyoming, God, please do not vote for Liz Cheney and please get out and vote in the primary. Um, but anyway, Liz Cheney tweeted, I have been ashamed to hear members of my party attacking the integrity of the FBI agents involved with the recent Mar-a-Lago search. These are sickening comments that put the lives of patriotic public servants at risk. So that's the official left and Liz Cheney narrative is that if you are criticizing this raid, you are criticizing the FBI and you are attacking them, putting their lives at risk. This was further kind of, I guess, it was a win for the left in some sense because there was some guy who showed up at an FBI field office stupidly um tried to apparently i guess maybe shoot it up or she was stopped and killed but um i guess that kind of adds fuel to their fire but you're allowed to criticize something and if someone then goes up and tries to kill someone or attack someone that doesn't mean that you caused it just because you criticized that person that means we never be allowed to criticize anything so that's just completely foolish but apparently if you are criticizing them you are risking lies and again because talking and going against the party line is dangerous and harmful and that has kind of been the official statement. We also had Merrick Garland. This was even before the warrant came out, but he made a statement. 
saying essentially that he personally approved this, which again just makes it seem so biased. This is the attorney general for a Democrat administration going after the former president, who is also the current leader, unofficial, but the current leader of the opposite party and the former former probably opponent of Biden. It just makes it seem so just political and banana republic stuff. Um, but he put out a statement also kind of mirroring the same sentiment that you're attacking the FBI. So let's take a quick listen to that. Just that end part of the statement. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. And then we also had a statement from the FBI director himself, Christopher Wray, saying unfounded attacks on the integrity of the FBI erode respect and the, for the rule of law and are a grave disservice to the men and women who sacrifice so much to protect others. Violence and threats against law enforcement, including the FBI, are dangerous and should deeply, be deeply concerning to all Americans. Every day I see the men and women of the FBI doing their jobs professionally and with rigor, objectivity, and a fierce commitment to our mission of protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution. I am proud to serve alongside them. So there's that same sentiment that you can't criticize them. You can't suggest that maybe this was biased and maybe we should be skeptical, like we should be skeptical of everything. So that's the official line of reasoning you're hearing from the left. My question, my first question, I have many questions, but my first question is, aren't you guys the anti-police party? Aren't you guys the ACAB, all cops are bastards, F the police, you're, they're all pigs, I hope they all die. You hear clip after clip of people just chanting these terrible things at police and attacking police, and we had an entire summer of mostly peaceful protests, um, where entire cities were on fire over police brutality, supposedly and racism and all that but suddenly you're pro-law enforcement as long as it comes from the fbi i don't understand that so much and i guess you could argue that if republicans are pro-police why are we kind of against the fbi are you prominent republicans saying abolish the fbi my kind of way of thinking about it is the bigger the institution the more power they have the less i trust them right so i'm going to trust my local police much more than i trust any from anyone from the state of illinois i'm going to trust anyone from the state of illinois more than i trust anyone from the federal level all right because i think the more the larger that institution is the larger that agency is the more power they have because that's just how it works um meaning um, the more like money is being funneled into them right the more um higher higher up they they seem the more authority they seem to think they have over our lives the more corruption is possible so that's kind of where i think about it you know i kind of have that same line of reasoning for taxes right i think that the most local community should you should be paying the most taxes to them less taxes to your state and the least amount of taxes to your federal government that's kind of the way i see it i think that's a very that's just kind of makes sense to me but apparently to the left it's the opposite it's that we love our FBI, we love the DOJ, we love our president and our representatives and anyone who's in big government, but anyone small or anyone who 
like your, your local police officers, you know, they are the bad ones. I'm not sure how that fits into their line of reasoning. I'm not sure how that makes sense. Um, but apparently to them it does. So there's that. But um, that's my first question. Like, it's, it's a weird take, but I mean, okay, y'all go with that. But besides for that, so now why do we, are we so critical of the FBI? Why do we hate them so much? And I'm not one of those people who's like, FBI has done terrible things, never done anything right. No, I think the FBI has been helpful in certain situations and they can provide useful information. I think they're useless a lot of the time. For example, um, we had Alec Baldwin who, you know, shot that person working on the on the sh- on the film set of Rust um, 10 months ago and we all were kind of like, oh, obviously he probably messed up and shot her, but like obviously he pulled the trigger and the FBI comes out recently a couple of days ago or maybe even been yesterday 10 months later and says we just finished our investigation the forensics all that and we've determined that he did shoot the gun we're all like no duh fbi so they're pretty useless in that sense but i'm not saying they've never been helpful but i think that there's been so much corruption and so much bias and so much politicization and things getting swept under the rug over the, over time that we're just so we, we question them as we should so goes back as far as with martin luther king jr they blackmailed him they blackmailed him and essentially told him to commit suicide to make make sure that they didn't or else they would spill his secrets because he had some things in his personal life that were pretty not very, I guess, professional and not very clean. And definitely I'm not saying he was the best, most faithful person ever. But I mean, the FBI blackmailing you with that information and, t- and basically in just in nicer words telling you to kill yourself. That seems like overreach to me. We also had. Right now, there's literally a case going on right now with the attempted or the planning of the kidnapping of um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. Um, and there is these these people. What the, the, what's being said is that the FBI agents really just entrapped these individuals and turned their kind of adult fantasy of s- stupid idea of wanting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer um, because of their angry over her COVID policy. And they kind of made that into like an actual reality. So there's that like literally there was reports of one of the fbi and involved sleeping in the same bed this woman sleeping in the same bed as one of these guys and really just trying to entrap them into actually going through with this so like like just a reminder right now that like i'm, I'm really skeptical um of them in general we have hillary clinton who's we're gonna play a clip right now so just take a listen to this where they're saying that we have evidence of all the emails and all the conventional information and all that, but we are not going to charge her. So don't tell me it's not biased. We have almost an identical situation with actual evidence that they found, and she wasn't raided and she wasn't charged. So just take a listen to this clip from James Comey, the former FDI director. Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, There is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. For example, seven email chains concerned matters that were classified at the top secret special access program at the time they were sent and received. Those chains involved Secretary Clinton both sending emails about those matters and receiving emails about those same matters. There is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. In addition to this highly sensitive information, we also found information that was properly classified as secret by the U.S. intelligence community 
at the time it was discussed on email. That is excluding any later upclassified emails. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system. But their presence is especially concerning because all of these emails were housed on unclassified personal servers, not even supported by full-time security staff, like those found at agencies and departments of the United States government, or even with a commercial email service like Gmail. Just going to play one more clip from that statement. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. So you can't hear that clip and not be like, there is something that's not an equal carriage of justice here. Something is off. There, there's clearly some bias here, and it's frustrating to see. We also have Russiagate, where the FBI, I get it, you're, you want to investigate a little because you got this report, but like... After it was, everybody knew this was false. Everybody knew this was a hoax. Every thinking person was obvious they had nothing on Trump. There was no evidence, and they kept investigating it, wasting resources. And again, you, you tell me they're not biased. You tell me I'm not allowed to question them. I'm not allowed to think for myself and think that maybe there's something more going on here and that it, it is biased. We have Larry Nassar where they're getting these reports of abuse and they took way too long to investigate. They basically just put them in a drawer and waited until they until investigating it for a long time. And you're telling me their priorities aren't screwed up. You're telling me that they are truly investigating every single thing that they think deserves to be investigated and that they aren't pushing certain things to the side and not caring and they care more about raiding Trump for some potential stupid documents he possibly had at Mar-a-Lago that may have been classified and may have been declassified, but you're not going to invest reports of abuse for a long period of time. There was a congressional hearing last year over this, not his criminal hearing, he's already in jail and all that, but um, there was this hearing um, with Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, Ali Raisman, and Maggie Nichols. Three of those are Olympic athletes one another elite athlete and they basically explained how the fbi just basically essentially ignored them for a long time and did not investigate and allowed this abuse to continue to go on so i want to just play a few clips actually because i think there was very i remember this testimony was very powerful and i think it really hammered into this idea that there's so much corruption that we shouldn't just be able to just trust these we should be able to trust them but unfortunately we're not fortunately we can't trust them to be unbiased and to just be good at their jobs. We really can't. So I want to play a few clips from that, from a few of these different women. I sit before you today to raise my voice so that no little girl must endure what I, the athletes at this table, and the countless others who needlessly suffered under Nasser's guise of medical treatment, which we continue to endure today. We suffered and continue to suffer because no one at FBI, USAG, or the USOPC did what was necessary to protect us. We have been failed, and we deserve answers. Nasser is where he belongs, but those who enabled him deserve to be held accountable. If they are not, I am convinced that this will continue to happen to others across Olympic sports. The FBI failed to interview pertinent parties in a timely manner. It took over 14 months for the FBI to contact me, despite my many requests to be interviewed by them. The records establish that Steve Penny, FBI agent Jay Abbott, and their subordinates worked to conceal Nasser's crimes. 
I felt pressured by the FBI to consent to Nasser's plea deal. The agent diminished the significance of my abuse and made me feel my criminal case wasn't worth pursuing. Special agent in charge of investigating Nasser met Steve Penny for beers to discuss job opportunities in the Olympic movement. Another FBI agent worked with Steve Penny to determine jurisdiction without interviewing the survivors. I've watched multiple high-ranking officials at USAG, USOPC, and FBI resign or retire without explanation of how they may have contributed to the problem, some of whom were publicly thanked for their service and rewarded with severance or bonus money. My reports of abuse were not only buried by USAG, USOPC, but they were also mishandled by federal law enforcement officers who failed to follow their most basic duties. The FBI and others within both USAG and USOPC knew that Nasser molested children and did nothing to restrict his access. What I'm trying to bring to your attention today is something incredibly disturbing and illegal. After telling my entire story of abuse to the FBI in the summer of 2015, not only did the FBI not report my abuse, but when they eventually documented my report 17 months later, they made entirely false claims about what I said. After reading the Office of Inspector General's OIG report, I was shocked and deeply disappointed at this narrative they chose to fabricate. They chose to lie about what I said and protect a serial child molester rather than protect not only me, but countless others. This was very clear cookie cutter pedophilia and abuse. And this is important because I told the FBI all of this and they chose to falsify my report and to not only minimize my abuse, but silence me yet again. I thought given the severity of this situation that they would act quickly for the sake of protecting other girls. But instead, it took them 14 months to report anything when Larry Nassar, in my opinion, should have been in jail that day. The FBI, USOC, and USAG sat idly by as dozens of girls and women continued to be molested by Larry Nassar. They had legal, legitimate evidence of child abuse and did nothing. If they're not going to protect me, I want to know who are they trying to protect? USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee and the FBI have all betrayed me and those who were abused by Larry Nassar after I reported. The cover-up of my abuse and the FBI's failure to interview me for more than a year after my complaint are well documented in the OIG report. While my complaints uh, with the FBI, Larry Nassar continued to abuse women and girls. During this time, the FBI issued no search warrants and made no arrests. As the Inspector General's report details during this time period, FBI agents did not properly document evidence, failed to report to proper authorities, and the special agent in charge was seeking to become the new Director of Security for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. A job opportunity raised by Steve Penny. Afterwards, FBI agents in charge of the investigation lied to OIG investigators about what had happened. This conduct by these FBI agents, including the special agent in charge, who are held in high regard and expected to protect the public, is unacceptable, 
unacceptable, disgusting, and shameful. Similarly, the, U the OIG report found that senior FBI officials lied to the Inspector General, engaged in serious conflicts of interest, and tried to cover up one of the biggest child sexual abuse scandals in the history of amateur sports. Both reports uncovered serious and possibly criminal misconduct by those at the highest level of the Olympic Committee, our sport, and the FBI. Despite these findings of serious and criminal misconduct throughout the FBI, USAG, and USOPC, no accountability has occurred. An important question remains, perhaps the most important question, why? Why would the FBI agents lie to OIG investigators? Why would the FBI not properly document ev evidence that was received? Why would the FBI agent be interested in the USAG presidency? These questions remain unanswered. And the survivors of Larry Nassar have a right to know why their well-being was placed in the jeopardy by these individuals who chose not to do their jobs. To date, no one from the FBI the U.S. OPC or USAG has faced federal charges other than Larry Nassar. I'm sorry, but how do you hear all of that? And I know it was a lot of clips, but I really tried to like get to like some of the best parts of those statements. But how do you hear all of that? They're falsifying statements, not properly collecting evidence, just burying claims of abuse for over a year. How do you hear all of that? Conspiring with other agencies, having ulterior motives... How do you hear all of that and then be like, yep, we can blindly trust the FBI that they would never go after an investigation that was illegitimate and they would never cover up a legitimate investigation? How can we trust them? I don't, I, I don't, like, how can you say that we're supposed to just blindly trust these people? I, I don't, and I'm not saying that we should never trust anything the FBI does, that they're always in the wrong, but... We, we can't just assume they're not because that's how something like this is going to happen again if we just let them have this free reign without consequences. We, we absolutely cannot do that. And I'm going to question the FBI for this and for everything else. So it's unreal that this in this situation, it's unreal. And it's unreal in general that the response was not just, I mean, it was outrage, but it was Outrage, but then right back to trusting the FBI. No, absolutely not. We're not going to do that again. We're not going to let that happen again. And this just is an example of why. So now the last thing we got to touch on is what was their goal here? I think I've established over time this whole podcast that there's a very clear case for to be made that this was political and that this was to achieve some political endgame. So now the question is, what is that political endgame? What are they trying to do here? So there's a couple theories. The first theory is that one that honestly I want, I believe, because I think that in general these people are not very smart, but um, what people are saying is that this, you know, this is what they thought they thought this was going to be the thing that turned people off of trump not the russiagate hoax not any of the impeachment shams none of that they 
stuck with Trump through all that, and when it came to nothing, we're justifiably stuck with Trump. But this, no, this one's real. This one, people are going to finally see that Trump is a bad dude, orange man bad, right, you know? And they're going to finally turn off of him, and we're finally going to get this, stop this MAGA movement. Did they really think that was going to work? Like, you got to be pretty stupid, because Trump's whole shtick, his whole persona, his whole goal... His whole movement is based on this anti-establishment, not, not the status quo of a government official. That, that was his whole thing. It was against these bureaucrats, you know, against this establishment. So then when the establishment comes after him, it always makes him stronger. So this further made him even stronger because people said he literally was living what he was preaching, preaching this idea that we have a bureaucracy with too much power. We have too many elites, too many people who are corrupt. And then when that gets proven at his expense, of course, his base is going to grow. And of course, he's going to become even stronger. So if that was their goal, it really did not work. If their goal, maybe their goal was just kind of, they thought they could keep up this lie for long enough to get through the midterms, or maybe the, they could get these Trump-endorsed um, candidates who are winning their primaries largely, they can maybe get them to lose in November because they could still keep up this lie for that long. Maybe that was an intention. Again, also foolish because we saw the immediate backlash, the immediate backlash against this raid maybe their goal was to to grow trump's base because they think maybe they think that they can beat trump in 2024 maybe they think they couldn't beat someone else but they could beat trump which is also foolish because because trump's leading in the polls his again his endorsed candidates are winning more than anyone else's really he is clearly the leader and the front runner so I'm not sure if they thought that was going to work. I'm not really sure what their goal was here, but whatever whatever their goal was, it backfired largely. And um, all I can say is that the only thing that really I can think makes sense, the only thing that I think um, they could do that wouldn't be incredibly foolish, the only goal they could have would be to just completely block him from running for office. So some of these crimes that he's being investigated under if he were to be found guilty some of the penalties for those crimes are that you can't run for public office except there's a little issue with that because in the constitution when it outlines the requirements to run for president it doesn't say anything about being convicted of a crime or a felony or anything like that you're allowed to run so these laws these penalties for these breaking these laws could technically be unconstitutional because the constitution doesn't explicitly say those that that could be that if you have a felony or whatever that you can't from president so that might not even work either um and the the chances that we get all the way to a conviction in this a, a, an indictment i can see because i mean they'll do anything to stick an indictment on trump but i don't think they have enough to convict him I, I i really i don't i think this is all a sham you know i think i've outlined that well enough in this podcast but i think whatever they're trying to do i don't think it is going to work is going to make people strong, make his base stronger. I saw all over Twitter this past week people saying, you know, I mean, I like Trump, but I was kind of hoping we'd get someone new in 2024. I was hoping maybe for DeSantis. Um, but now that now that I, this has all happened, I'm rooting for Trump more than I was before because, again, he is living what he's preaching, this anti-establishment sentiment. I kind of feel the same way. I certainly, I definitely like DeSantis better for a couple reasons. He's a little younger. I think he's a little bit more, 
um, he, he'd be a little bit more likely to, you know, get these bureaucrats out and clean up the swamp and all that. Um, I think Trump would do a good job of that too, especially after this, but not, I don't think he'd be do, do that to the same extent, but regardless, I have now, I'm more likely to support Trump now than I was a week ago. That's just the facts. So they are really, they think they're going to make us less excited about Trump. We are more excited about Trump. The midterms, I think, are going to be insane. Even more people are going to vote for these Trump-endorsed candidates. They're going to vote for these America First, these these new right candidates who are really leading this new movement with Trump. So I think definitely this backfired. Um, but one final thought, and that is that, of course, we're all angry this happened to Trump and everything, and we all see how corrupt and biased this is, but it's not just about Trump. It's about us, too. You know, if the government can raid a former president on virtually nothing, and we haven't seen the affidavit, but I mean, we all know this is probably going to come to nothing, then what can they do to you? You know, they just hired 87,000 new IRS agents. Those people are not doing audits on the very wealthy. The very wealthy are paying more than their fair share, and they get audited already all the time. We all know that the poor are going to be audited. We all know they're going to come after us. We all know that the FBI and these bureaucrats, the DOJ, they do not care about us. And they are sending a message with this Trump raid that they will come after you too. If you think it's not going to happen, it already is happening and it will continue to happen if we let it. We absolutely cannot bow down to these people. We have to stand up against tyranny and against this these bureauc- bureaucrats, these people with way too much power who are abusing that power because they will come after us there's this meme it's very corny but it's true it's this meme where it's like a picture of like trump really dramatic you know really serious looking and it's like they're coming after you i'm just in the way and it's so corny but it's so true it's trump represents this movement this idea of these people that they like us these everyday americans who they see as these radical extremists and they are coming after us trump is just the leader and they think they're taking out the leader first but Really, it is about us. It is about these everyday Americans who love their country, who care about their Second Amendment right, their First Amendment right. They care about biology. They care about the truth. And they are seen as these radicals. And the entire government, essentially, is against them. It's really, it really is about the movement as a whole. And it is about those everyday Americans at the end of the day so we really we have to keep standing up to this keep fighting keep electing people who will clean out the swamp who will get these people out and will return some kind of objectivity if that's even ever possible in government to the white house and to these these different institutions so that's all i have to say um i hope you enjoyed and have a fantastic day bye guys Thanks for turning right.